Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay. Cool, cool, man. I'm so glad you're on. I'm glad to be here. Man, it's about to be it's about to be fun. So <laughs> I hope the people are ready. <laughs> mm. They done had look, they done had ample time to get ready. So I just want you to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to ask you some questions and everything, but I just want you to be you, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We're going to let the chip fall where they may, you know, because I tell you right now, <laughs> we did a, a podcast uh, not too long ago, and um, it stirred the pot, you know what I'm saying? And wasn't trying to stir the pot, but, hey, it is what it is. So, man, I want you to go in, too, you know what I'm saying? So, definitely, we're not going um, to stall. We're going to get right into it. Welcome to another episode podcast i'm your host davon nelson i got my uh my wonderful famo here brax how you say your last name oh my name is actually braxton young uh that's just my facebook name make it okay you know when they do background checks and whatnot (laughs) yeah (laughs) got you got you yeah so definitely mr braxton young hey we about to have some fun if y'all tuning in make sure you put your seatbelt on because we about to go deep. And if you ain't got your life jacket, you going to drown. Sorry. But let's get right into it. Mr. Braxton, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a student at A&T, North Carolina A&T. I am originally from Anderson, South Carolina. Um, <laughs> I was raised Christian, so like I'm aware of like the scriptures and things and but I am no longer like a part of the church um I am I have like a more spiritual background I right. read, a, read a lot of many things but um I feel like I'll be pulling most of my information today probably from a book I read recently called Tell My Horse by Miss Zora Neale Hurston mm-hmm. um and she's been very active in the community with, you know, like the African folk culture, as they say, which would be like hoodoo, which is very prevalent in the black church, whether we realize it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really my interest would be hoodoo, because, you know, I grew up in the southeastern part of the United States where that was um, where it's really a part of our culture in many aspects even though it's kind of died down like a lot of the um like what the old folks say mm-hmm. being used today even though it's kind of resurging um that's really my interest and I really like to bring like awareness to that and just kind of who we are as a people cool cool man I love it I love it with these questions that I'm gonna ask you um, pretty much, it's it's amazing when I you know come up with the questions because you know I haven't sent them to you. You don't know the questions. You you know what I'm saying. So that makes it raw and real. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, man, definitely. So, question number one: uh, What is your viewpoint on Santa Claus? Um, when I was younger, <laughs> I used to always um I used to tell my grandma like, if you just rearrange the letters and Santa is Satan. But um, as I've gotten older, I've kind of take <laughs> I would like listen to like Dick Gregory and other older black comedians and how they would always be talking about 
there should have never been a Santa Claus in the hood because just playing into the idea of um, us getting something from our oppressor and how that can be psychologically damaging. Right. So just the whole idea of a fat white man coming down the chimney and being oh so generous as to leave what actually my mama brought. I just right. never really enjoyed that idea into adolescence. Right. You know, it's amazing you you say that because I just posted a post on Facebook and I was saying the same thing about Satan. If you if you take the end and you put it at the, the end of the, the word, you got Satan, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, according to the, the Torah, which, you know, we call it we call it the Bible. But according to the Torah, you know, uh, the, the enemy, he comes as a spirit of light, you know, an angel of light, you know. And so Santa Claus, they tell us and show us that Santa Claus is always jolly. You know what I'm saying? He always happy and stuff. Like you said, a, a fat white man coming down the chimney and giving us something. When, you know, when we look at the movies, you know, we always having something taken away from us, like our freedom, our justice, our right to be humans. You know, all that stuff is taken away. But then you come, you know, coming up in the, the brown or the black community, we got we, we get told about Santa Claus, you know what I'm saying? And he come jolly and stuff. So definitely, man, definitely. I'm glad you said that because, like I said, I just posted that. And one thing that stood out to me because I've been studying like like contracts and stuff like that. Like, why would Santa have a clause? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A clause term, you know, dealing with contracts and stuff. So why would Santa have a clause if he coming freely to give? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I want to bring awareness to people around this time. Like, don't be deceived, you know what I'm saying? Because that clause is basically saying, you know, in, in my opinion, this is my opinion, but in my opinion is a clause to basically worship Satan. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just my opinion. So I'm glad you said that. Question number two. Do you believe Yeshua was of a brown skin tone or a lighter skin tone and why? Um, I wanted to add to the last question before I answered this question. Um, okay, go ahead. Another thing about the Santa Claus, just like with other things, even in like, like you were saying, the Torah. Mm-hmm so many things have been like diluted to like okay now it's just santa claus when there was like santa claus and krampus and like their whole story and even in like christian um or not well yeah christian and judaic texts there were all these stories about all these things that happened um and like the missing pieces and the way it was translated i just feel like like i said it's been very diluted and we don't even know the right. true meaning of many things that we do. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's Santa Claus, yes. But, like, I feel like he's very minor in the whole thing because it was, like, because, like, when we celebrate Christmas, as we call it, it's always a Christmas tree, like, the idea of mistletoe and all that stuff, which is, like, very reminiscent of Yule or Saturnalia, which are pagan holidays, just like Easter and Ishtar. So it's just like we always kind of dilute the meaning as we go forward. And it's like we do things and it's still we're still doing these things in reverence to whatever we were doing it to. We just don't know. 
And so, right. and then to the next question, I feel like he was of darker skin because of the text says he was of burnt brass, not polished light or anything like that. He was a darker skin tone. Right. I know I was um, you know, doing a little research myself, and you know, I, I found out that you know, according to what I researched, Moses actually wrote a few, you know, few of the, the, the books in the Torah in which he was, uh, uh, his nationality or ethnicity uh, was a Hebrew Israelite, you know, and the Torah was translated from Hebrew, you know, and so, you know, with him writing in Hebrew and him being, you know, of the Israelite background, and if you study the Hebrew Israelite background, you know, they are of a brown skin tone, you know what I'm saying? He, I know what the, I know what they say, you know, Yeshua is king of the Jews and all that good stuff. But when you think about the lineage and the bloodline, you got to go all the way back, you know, it, it, it shows, you know, those people of a brown skin tone. And that's just the writings on the, the wall. That's the hieroglyphics that they found. You know what I'm saying? So we can't, you know, you can't really argue with that. So, you know, um, thank you for your answer on that. Um, number three, because I, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell everybody your age, if you don't mind. I am 21 years old. Cause see, this next question is 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 centered around the millennials. Because see, nowadays, to me personally, I know me and my wife, we still consider millennials until we're 35. But you know, somebody of your age, you know, what I'm saying, getting allowing the people to see, uh, let you let them see how you view things. You know, what I'm saying, and being the voice of the millennials. Because I, me personally, this is my opinion. I feel like it's a gap between the generations. Mm-hmm. And you know the young, the, the millennials, the millennials are waking up and seeing things differently. But the older generation is having a hard time relating because you know it's almost like they stuck in their ways, so to speak. You know, and they want us to do it like that. But we coming with a different twist. So as a voice for the millennials, how could the modern day church be more impactful for the younger generation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a question for me, because <laughs> I. I don't know. I don't feel connected to the church in any way. I kind of read the Bible as um, cross like like yeah, cross referencing like a guide, but there are also like like in Hoodoo and other like related African tribal religions, it's like the Psalms are used to like bless things or like to get rid of things and like as a prayer to get through something or like a court case or something like that, like just different little things like that. But also like the story of Adam and Eve and well, Adam, Lilith and Eve. I always look at that as like an allegorical like this is why like I look at these stories how I look at the Pataki of the Orisha it's like this is why you don't do certain things or this is why Mm -hmm. it's good to know this like for example Adam Lilith and Eve when God made Adam and Lilith he made them equal and it was like that's how like man and woman are equal but Lilith was the type of woman that was not going to submit she saw 
she saw her husband as her equal, so they should do things equally and everything. Adam wasn't feeling that. So one day he tried to press Lilith and she spoke God's name and flew off to the ninth heaven. Adam being upset and lonely again, God made a woman that would submit. And when that happened and Eve brought the fruit to Adam, it was like, it's not always about what you want. Sometimes you have to accept like living your purpose or bad things will happen. Right. But it could also be reversed as like the serpent wanting Adam and Eve to have knowledge in the first place being synonymous with like the Naga in Hindu culture and um, Dambala in the voodoo culture. It's like that kundalini energy that rises from the lower lowest chakra to the crown and to your highest highest self that always guides you in the right direction so it's like it could go either way or like that's just my personal um view of things and i like can speak from my experience of people my age it's been very like what is going to actually help me to awaken spiritually, help me to be aware of what's going on, help me to be aware of the gifts that I have and how to use it versus, okay, I go to church and I hear a sermon and, okay, I still feel empty again during the week. Like I I want to learn how to fill myself up. I don't want to feel like dependent on some other force that may or may not be for my highest good, you know? Right, gotcha. Gotcha. And the reason I say church, because I feel like, you know, me being, you know, 33 and in the middle and I wasn't raised in church, you know, by all means, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming to the understanding of the church is not the building, you know what I'm saying? Because we've been we've been taught to say we going to church. No, we going to a building. It's only church when we gather there, you know what I'm saying? Because the word church, it stems from the gathering of of brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. we're. Uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, meaning ecclesias, meaning gathering of generals. So in other words, you know, we've been taught to say, okay, and 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 you know, it's nobody, it's not, it's not even our fault. I say is, you know, it's, it's just how we was raised and what we saw coming up. You know, if you if you bring up a person in a building where no power is, you know, what I'm saying, then it's easy to to see. You know what I'm saying? Through the lenses of, okay, this ain't no power here. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was the same way. I've been in buildings where you got a person standing up, and this is not no shot. Let me say this. This is not no <laughs> shot at no pastors or no leaders. So let's clear that out before I say this. But I have been in places where it's been somebody in the pulpit just screaming, and I felt the same way. Like, you know, I'm battling depression, and you standing up here talking to me about tithes and offering. I don't want to hear that. I need some, I need to know what's going to help me with my depression and so exactly. what helped me yeah what helped me is by me not depending on the person in the pulpit which you do have some powerful people now i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna take that you know what i'm saying it is some powerful people that have the understanding that we have mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying not every not every person that stand up and grab the mic uh, is powerless you know you got some people that's powerful you know i didn't i didn't met them and you know it's a privilege to meet them but for the ones that's just standing up there you know what i'm saying like 
if you just standing up there and you just preaching and then all of a sudden you see somebody come in and you remember you had a talk with them and then all of a sudden you say God told you to change your message and then that message all of a sudden is personally about that person that just walked in. That's not God. Yeah, that's too much. And I've seen, yeah, that, I've seen that done many, many times. You know what I'm saying? So it's stuff like that. I feel like it's been interjected into our minds and caused us to have a different view or caused us to have a wrong view of what the, the gathering of the brother really the gathering of the brethren really means because together you know we can sharpen each other you know what I'm saying and, and like I can't I can't say I can't sit back and look down on you for having knowledge because you can teach me something but if the that's why I feel like religion has interjected itself into the church and mm-hmm. want people to you know conform to their rules and their you know their way of doing things and we as millennials sit back and see like okay you telling me God does this, but I'm looking at your life and seeing you talk about Betty after you leave church. So you telling me the God that I'm supposed to serve with you is okay with you talking about Betty and her shoes, and then you want me to, to serve and jump with like you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not going. That's not going to happen. So I feel you where you're coming from as as the millennials. You know, like it can be more impactful by having people to really understand our pain. You know what I'm saying? Don't preach at me. Don't tell me another scripture because I can I got the Bible out. You know, we, right. we all got the Bible out, you know. So don't don't preach at me. Sit me down and help me talk through this pain because I was raised with no father. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a man in this world trying to understand how to be a man without a leader to show me how to be a be, be a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta learn some way, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, man, I I, I feel you on it. This next question right here, I know you're gonna go in on because you just you, you touched on it a little bit. What are pagan holidays? Let the people know what are pagan holidays because you got a lot of people out there. They like this is fine, that look okay. I'm gonna do this because this person doing it, and you know what I'm saying. What are pagan holidays? Let the people know. Okay, pagan holidays. Well, first of all, a pagan would be um, a polytheistic person, usually like the Celts or the Nords or any of those European people who use like runes and different things in their tradition. So we have a lot of residual pagan holidays due to the way Christianity was induced, introduced by um, Constantine in the Roman empire. Mm -hmm. So I talked about Christmas being one of them, Easter being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I would I wouldn't necessarily consider Halloween one of them, but it's not it doesn't have any Christian origin or like any Judaic or Abrahamic origin. So the Christmas would be was traditionally the celebration of Yule and Saturnalia during the winter solstice, which celebrated the rebirth of the horned god or the sun god. Um, there's also a practice in um, Egypt. They didn't put Christmas trees up, of course, but they had um, an exchanging of gifts. It was usually an exchanging of gifts, but there was also um, debauchery, drinking, feasting, things of that nature. And we carry many of those traditions I mean, most of us don't burn a Yule log, but we still put put up a Christmas tree. We still put ornaments on it. Um, we still usually eat 
very specific things at that time. Um, like the ham, the honey ham, um, the some people might have a turkey, but feasting period and putting those objects up with, and lighting the Christmas tree would be the way that the horn got is honored during that tradition. And you see, it's also no Christian reflection whatsoever. Also similar to Easter, there is nothing that signifies resurrection other than the church service that you go to. But then right after you go to the Easter egg hunt, where there are like their Easter eggs, um, bunny paraphernalia, all signifying fertility for the fertility goddess that was traditionally worshipped on that day in the Mediterranean. I mean, not the Mediterranean, like the Meso. Well, yeah, that's the Me- uh, Mediterranean, Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Babylon, but we are Babylon. Babylon never died; it just moved anywhere. <laughs> That's another, oh my God. Um, That's another thought. <laughs> so the fertility goddess, traditionally they would have Easter egg hunts. Um, they would feast. And of course, debauchery, because what's paganism without a little debauchery? But Halloween would be the last one that's not really pagan, but it kind of has um, a lot of African stemming. But it would it has a lot of it has a place in each um culture I've found would be um Halloween or All Saints Day or Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, um which is supposedly when the veil between the spirit or the astral or the other world thins and our ancestors or spirits or in Europe, it was thought that demons and spirits of the night would come. And that's why you put out like a pumpkin or um, jack-o'-lanterns and you dress up so that you scare them away. But in African culture, it was seen as like, this is when you put food out. This is when you talk to your people the most, which is seen in like New Orleans and um the Haitian culture, they'll have big feasts and dances in honor of their um, deceased ancestors and the deities of the graveyard. It's like a fit, a fit gade. So those are the holidays that we practice, but most people will say, oh, I just do it. It, it doesn't mean anything. It means something. You just don't know that what you're doing means something. Man, now your knowledge, man, just through the course and just, you know, continue to to seek and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, man, your knowledge is, I mean, I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you for getting, getting out there and wanting to, you know what I'm saying, to figure out life, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, it's nothing more powerful than having a, a young person studying and, and opening up their mind, you know what I'm saying? Because it's easy to get institutionalized and mm-hmm. get stuck into doing life one way. And then before you know it, you, you know, up in age and looking back like, man, I exactly. should have. No, you can do it right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you can do it right now. It's Google is free. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, we, we break our necks. We break our necks to pay for Netflix to chill. But, you know, Google is free. We want, we want research. Mm-hmm. And we'll be afraid of the truth when we expose ourselves to it and then we try to shut it off. You know what I'm saying? But, man, it's very much real. Last question. 
before we get ready to land this plane? Like, I had one wrote down, but it, something just came to me because, like, you know, with, with you being on here and you, like I said, being the voice for the millennials, I know, I know, uh, Miss Green, Miss Kiana Green, gonna be shout mm -hmm. out, Miss Kiana. She be fought, man. Yeah, <laughs> she be on she really it. <laughs> so, shout out, Miss. Yeah, so she, hey, she should be next, man. We might need to make yeah. that work. Let's, let's work on getting oh, her on to here, too. Her. I would love to have you. I love to have you and her on. Like we need to, we need to talk about doing some uh, co-host. I might want y'all to co-host with me because, I, yeah, we gonna talk about that after after this show. But um, last question I want to ask you: When you look in the mirror as a brown man, do you see Braxton or do you see God? I can't help but to. I mean, it kind of comes with like knowing, because like if. At first, I didn't. Like, I used to always be, like, I was a little bit lighter. But coming to know, like, not only did Blackness come first in, like, the primordial sequence of things, but, like, there had to be Blackness in order, like, dark skin in order to survive first we were exposed to the elements and in fact that's why we were work the ones they put to work because they couldn't handle the work we've always been mm. the strongest we're the beginning so it's like I just see strength in myself I see my ancestors in myself knowing what they went through just so I could be here it's just Something about being black. Man, that's what's up. I, I tell my wife, you know, I wake up in the morning and when I do look in the mirror, I, I make sure I tell myself, you know what I'm saying? I affirm myself and, and make sure I tell myself to stand strong and be bold. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a creator. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Yahweh is a creator. You know, it, how can I be according to the Torah made in his image? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, I can't make a cat in the image of another cat and then call it a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand that. Even the Torah said that, you know, we are little gods of this earth. So, you know, this earth is our home. We supposed, we supposed to be walking in dominion. And, you know, I feel like, like, like you said, you know, you know, our people, that's just my opinion. We, our people, you know what I'm saying, are, are strong, especially when we, we work together, when we walk mm. in unity. You know, it's nothing we can't. I mean, think about Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? That's a prime example. When we when we get together and we get on one accord, it's not about, you know, separating the races or nothing, none of that stuff. I'm just saying, you know, what the reality is for, for our people. You know what I'm saying? When we come together as a people, we strong, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but yeah, man, look, we finna get ready to land this plane, man. It's been amazing. It's uh, had fun having you on, Mr. Young. Man, you stay in stay in tune with the universe you know what i'm saying just stay in tune with the universe and definitely we finna get ready to end this show it's been another broadcast of iron sharp podcast i'm your host davon nelson with mr braxton young let, let the people know how they can find um you can find me on facebook um if you search brax kevon you can find me on instagram kevon underscore young and i have like a plant centered like other instagram which is um melanated underscore chlorophyll which is just where i 
it's mainly like um, things I learned on campus, but also things I do in the community, whether it's at Dudley High School or any of the other schools within around Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, just trying to get, you know, black youth back involved with agriculture in tune with the earth in tune with who they are. Wow. That's what's up. Listen, people, before you decide to point your finger and judge, why don't you reach out and sit down and listen? Sit down and listen to this young man. Let him let him enlighten you and talk to you. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, man, appreciate you coming on, famo. We definitely I'm going um, to talk to you and, you know, we can try to set some things up about um, possibly doing a, a, a co-host. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love to have a co-host. You know what I'm saying? Somebody can that, that can go in with me, you know what I'm saying? And we can bring light to this world. So definitely, man, I'll be in touch with you about that. All Appreciate right, thank you, you for again. having me. And it sounds dope. Hey, let's do it. Hey, y'all be blessed. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.